Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Well, new film, The Batman is Out, starring Robert Pattinson. It's the latest effort to bring the Cape Crusader to the big screen. And uh, let's get a little discussion going on it. My guest is Stephen Gradanis. He's a member of the New York Film Critics Circle and a permanent deacon in the Catholic Archdiocese of Newark. He's the founder of DecentFilms.com and has degrees in media arts and religious studies. He and his wife, Suzanne, have seven children. Stephen, good to have you back. Al, always a pleasure. Let's well. Let why don't you go to it? My my twenty year old son has seen uh, the Batman. He was he was enthusiastic for it. I haven't seen it, so I'm utterly reliant on you to give me a, cri- <laughs> a critic's perspective. So, um, as you know, I'm a comic book fan and a Batman fan, and and have been for pretty much all my life, and. Um, what this and and the trend in the Batman franchise in, in the subsequent reboots of the property has been to get progressively darker and and this film from Matt Reeves is possibly the darkest yet he has it has stylings of film noir in it it's meant to be a detective story uh, it's a murder mystery it's got a version of the Riddler who is anything but amusing uh, he's a kind of uh, dorky serial killer mm. and. The movie is set in an extremely corrupt version of Gotham City where you have um, cops working for the mob and, um, and, and, and as I said, the this, this serial killer running amok. And it's a, a very grim, vengeance-driven version of the Batman. It's, it's very stylish, and there is a, a moral awareness in the film which i attribute to matt reeves he's he's the man who made the last two planet of the apes films which i thought were great and and really full of moral awareness mm-hmm. um this film is is significantly darker than those and they ended with the extinction of humankind so we really need to see where he's going to go in the sequels yeah um i mean the, the appeal of of figures and you know tell me if you disagree the, the appeal of a, a figure like Batman, or even like Spider-Man, is that they're not really superheroes in in the sense that, like, a Superman is. Uh, they, they're, I mean, yeah, Spider-Man's got this irradiated blood running through his veins, but um, they pretty much have to get by uh, using the same um, wit, the same uh, smarts uh, that we do in our lives. And, um, you know, I think that those are two characters. They they have a different feel to me than the other. I, I feel closer to those two characters than I do to uh, the others. They, they cert- there's certainly a humanity to Batman, or, and, and even, as you say, to Spider-Man, compared to someone like Superman, who's just so yeah. godlike, so above and beyond. Um, there There is more of a struggle in a humanity. Batman, though, has been portrayed as having taken, first of all, as a very kind of driven and obsessive character, mm-hmm. someone who's very wounded by his past and who has taken all of his very considerable resources to the ultimate limit. Right. Uh, so he he is a a human character, but he's also a human character that stands, I would say, above and beyond humanity almost in a way beyond Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man yeah. is more relatable than Bruce Wayne. I, I agree. Uh, I, again, w- w- one way to look at this is ask, uh, 
whose version of New York City would you rather reside in, right? Uh, the one where streets are patrolled by the uh, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man or the one that's looked over by this watchful guardian, the Dark Knight, you know? I'd say <laughs> well, but this is, this is the interesting thing, is that what kind of character Batman is and what kind of Gotham he patrols changes over time. And it, and it really shows us something about who we are as a society and the kind of media that we, we consume. I mean, if you compare, say, the Adam West Batman in the 1960s, who's practically a member of the establishment. Yeah, he's right, got the direct right. hotline to Commissioner Gordon. Yes. He can walk into police headquarters. He's an upstanding citizen. Right. Compared to the Batman of the Tim Burton films, which portray a very dark, very grim Gotham City where um, people on the street are, are at risk of muggers at every moment. You know, it, and then you look at the, the entertainment that's going on in the culture beyond that. You have Perry Mason and Dragnet in the 1960s with the Adam West Batman, and then going into the 1970s and the 1980s is where you know you have the the kind of fear of urban decay and street crime and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, movies like um, um, RoboCop and uh, yeah. uh, gangster films yeah. that that re it really is is reflected in our superhero fantasies as well. I mean. It's, it's does Batman in this version, does he believe that the city can be saved? This is the pivotal question for me um, that the Dark Knight films so conspicuously failed to answer. Can the city be saved? Uh, and and it's, each villain asked the question in this kind of increasing um, uh, iterations of throughout, throughout the films. And then in the end, it all comes down to the police. So the police are the ones who finally step up in the Dark Knight films. This film is interesting because as Batman starts out, he's almost in despair, or at least he's unclear as to whether he's making any kind of difference at all. But he isn't really asking the question, can Gotham be saved at first? Hmm. So there's a glimmer of moral enlightenment by the end of the film as he begins to realize that maybe vengeance alone isn't enough. Vengeance isn't going to save the city. People need something more. Um, there's also a positive mayor character in the end who talks about the need to rebuild trust in our institutions. And I, I hear all of this, and it all sounds good, but after three hours of unremitting darkness, <laughs> you it really leaves, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, how, how earnest are they? <laughs> um, and, and I guess the answer is only the sequels are going to reveal that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, this really, as you point out, there's been an incredible evolution of the figure of Batman. Um, and it goes, you know, I, I cannot remember, it's so long ago, I used to read Batman comic books too uh, when I was a kid. And uh, I never really spent much time watching the television version of it with Adam West. But I'm curious, what does that tell us? If you look at this figure, this, again, fictional character, who's been given multiple treatments, multiple directors, and at multiple times in recent pop culture history. What does the evolution of Batman tell us about, you know, what's happened in America? It's, it's funny. Sometimes when you get talking really serious about comic book characters like that, and people say, hey, it's just a comic book movie, it's just a superhero, it's not, you know, yeah. don't go looking for the answers to life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> but, but our silly entertainment 
really does tell us something about how we see the world. Yeah. Not that it has the answers in it, but that it's, it's a mirror to the culture. Right. So um, when you go back to the the earlier versions of Batman, and even further to his to his predecessor, to the figure of Zorro, yeah. um, originally portrayed by um, um, by Hugh. Um, <laughs> I forgot his name. His name. Uh, um, uh, Douglas Fairbanks. Douglas Fairbanks. Oh, and even earlier, you went back before. I was thinking. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> you were thinking of Tyrone Power, and then and then there was the Disney version with Guy Williams. That's the one I'm thinking um, of. Yeah, the Disney version. But um, um, it's it's interesting. In the first iteration of Zorro, he's a kind of aristocratic figure who, and I mean, and he always is, but in that version, he really appeals to his fellow aristocrats and says, we're the ones, it's up to us to set things right in California. And the, the people that they're saving, the peons, the, um, the humble priests, they really have no say. They don't have anything, they, they can't contribute to their salvation. It's up to, you know, noble aristocrats to defeat cruel aristocrats. Mm-hmm. But by the time you get to the Tyrone Power uh, Mark of Zorro in 1940, and these are both, by the way, very Catholic-friendly films, very positive Catholic themes, positive portrayals of priests, you know, then it's a little more um, egalitarian. It turns out that the caballeros, the gentlemen, aren't strong enough to overcome the bad guys by themselves, and so you need a combination of nobles and, and then a peasant revolt. You know, you need the, right. the, the peons to, to rise up and even the priest, Eugene Pallet's gravelly Catholic priest, um, um, Franciscan Fire, gets into the action. He's clunking soldiers on the head and saying, God forgive me, God forgive me, God forgive me. Right. So there's, there's a movement toward egalitarianism there, but then that gets undermined when you get to the Tim Burton Batman because the people of Gotham City are so foolish, they can be so easily misled, yeah. and it really starts to look like democracy is, is not the solution here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, they're, they're really a pitiable bunch, um, uh, and they're really, as you say, not able to contribute uh, to their own uh, salvation. Uh, they really don't know how to order their lives together. Uh, they need a strong hand. Uh, so in terms of uh, popularity, how do you think this uh, new vision of Batman is going to do compared to the past? I think compared to, say, the Christopher Nolan films, it's going to be a bit more divisive. I think people who really like action movies and superheroes are going to glom to the Robert Pattinson Batman because... Uh, Reeves is just such a strong filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's not an action-packed film. It's not a film with a lot of explosions and, and fight scenes, although there are explosions and fight scenes, but just not at the rate that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has made us used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then other people are going to be repelled by the fact that it's, it is so dark and so grim. Uh, and, and for me, as I say, I'm really interested because I have a certain amount of trust in Reeves, Reeves from his work on the Planet of the Apes films, and that he has that theme of solidarity in that film, apes strong together. Right. Um, the, the idea that um, you know, no one great leader, no Caesar is going to accomplish everything all on his own. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he knows that that's true of Batman, too. The, the film ends with the idea that what the people of Gotham really need is hope. They need hope. And... 
the movie doesn't offer. I, I was I was just going to ask you. It sounds like he isn't uh, he isn't cooking up what they need to eat. Well, not so far. Yeah. Uh, and and if, it, if this were a standalone film, I would judge it to be a failure in the same way that um, I, I think the Dark Knight trilogy as a whole is a failure because all of the villains ask this. They all pose this this charge that Gotham City is hopelessly corrupt. These people are going to eat each other, the Joker says. They're going to clamber over each other, Bane says. Batman keeps saying there's good people here. He's almost like Abraham arguing with God over the fate of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and, and the villains, of course, take, you know, they're, they're, um, they're playing God. They're, advocate, they're, they're arrogating a godlike role to themselves, the ability to judge an entire city yeah. as worthy of destruction. Yeah. Um, but, but in the end... As that film is, that question is asked more and more urgently, and you get to the end, and the only answer that Christopher Nolan has is eventually the police are going to stand up and save us. Yeah. And that's not a satisfying answer to me. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not just because of questions about, you know, our, what, are, what are the police, you know, we, we, we have to, we need, we need transparency, we, we can't just rely on the police to do everything themselves. Right. Right. We, need, we need a better solution than that. I just I feel like that the trilogy really failed to answer that question, and I have hopes that Reeves is not going to make that same mistake. Okay, not very good. I, we'll have to look forward to the remainder. Is it is it a projected trilogy? Yes, yes. There are two more films. Okay, and the first film has been successful enough that I think we can hope that we will see those two films. Now. Very good, Stephen. Thank you so much. Always great talking with you. Very helpful too. Thank you, Al. You too. DecentFilms.com, uh, Stephen Gridanis there. Uh, and there's lots of great essays that Steve has there uh, relating to film characters. DecentFilm.com. <laughs>